0: This doesn't look much like fun to me. Sitting in the baking heat, watching amateur footballers on a pitch with a terrible view. Each to their own, I guess.
1: Welcome to episode 17 of a Thai Football Podcast with me, a very jet-lagged Dale Farrington. And me, Rob Bernard. So we're going to start with some match reports and you sent out an appeal last week for people going to T3 games in the absence of any T1 and T2 fixtures and some have sent us reports which is very satisfying.
2: It certainly is, yeah. And we, we welcome it all the time. The more clubs that are covered as well, it, it's
1: good. We get all round coverage. I'm really knocked out with the response to this. Now, the first report is not new to the show. He's been on before, but I think this is his first match report. Um, so, this is Marco, and he went to watch Royal Thai Air Force against Samut Prakan FC. And he sent us this report Ties, Ties, podcast Match reports.
3: So yeah, just to set the scene for this one, uh, I am at Tupatemi Stadium to watch a T3 Bangkok fixture between Royal Thai Air Force and Prakan FC. I'm not expecting a classic game here, in all honesty. Uh, neither side have won a game this season, and they're both currently in the bottom three. But you never know, I'm, I'm currently on a run of 54 games since I last saw a 0-0 draw, so I'm confident we'll get at least one goal, even if it's 0-0. And if the whole trip is only going to cost me 16 baht, because it was 8 baht on the bus eight bar back free entry into the ground so can't really complain even if it's nil nil yeah there's a little bit of english interest on either side you've got uh, a guy for royal thai air force english guy called karam idris and for Samut Prakan, they've got an english thai striker called danai smart who i think is on loan from bangkok united i'm just walking down to the ground now i can see the club shop over on the far side so i'm just going to try and get a pre-match beer as well and uh, yeah i shall be back at half time half-time here at Tupatemi Stadium and I wasn't expecting many goals but we've had three already. We had two in the first five minutes both for Air Force. The first goal came from a direct free kick and the second was scored by English striker Karam Idris. Uh, He also had the ball in the the net shortly after but that was ruled out by an offside flag. Then Samark Pekan had a 10-15 minute spell where it looked like they might get back into the game. The English tie striker I mentioned in the the preview Danai Smart had two good chances. The first one he headed just wide and the second one, the ball fell to his left foot and he he was a bit off balance and he he sliced the ball wide. And Samrock-Prakant were made to pay for those missed chances because Air Force added a third with the last kick of the half and samrock eccentric goalkeeper Daniel Lucas was miles off his line. Play broke down, it fell to an Air Force player and he just smashed the ball in from about 40 yards and there was no one in the goal so uh, yeah, 3-0 at half-time and it's been a really good match so hopefully more of the same in the second half. Half Half-time 3-0 to Royal Thai Air Force. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I said at half-time that Sam Akpakan's goalkeeper was uh, a bit eccentric and he's just been sent off. Once again, he's found himself miles outside the penalty area. Kara knocked the ball past him and he just stuck his hand out and handballed it and denied a clear goal-scoring opportunity. He didn't go off the field immediately. He had to be escorted off the field by one of his teammates but uh, he's finally making his way to the bench and Sam Akpakan are bringing on a goalkeeper. Uh, and yeah, the 3-0 down and down to 10 men so definitely an uphill task for them. To get back into this one Full time here from Tupatemi It was Royal Thai Air Force 4 Samut Prakhan FC 0 Following the red card incident Air Force added a 4th goal Number 14 swept the ball home From about 10-15 yards out I've Got to give a shout out to Samut Prakan, standing goalkeeper Who made 3 or 4 fantastic saves Yeah so overall good match 4 goals, good entertainment And it was uh, definitely good value for money And it was a good advert for T3 football so what did you make of
0: that, Rob?
2: Good stuff, isn't it? And of course, they added attraction if the game's terrible there. It's a great
0: place to play spot Hi, my name is Jamie and I'm listening to a Thai football podcast.
1: And the next one. Now, you can introduce this, Rob, because this is you. It wasn't a roving report, but you were at a match. It
2: was uh, Cicic United against Nakon Ratchasima United on Saturday.
1: Thai football Tide 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 podcast. Match reports.
2: No yes, this afternoon I find myself at uh, TCK United against Nakhon Rajasima United. T3 uh, North East Tie. The visitors drew the first game 0 0 against league newcomer Sir Henry Cats, but since then have plummeted downhill rapidly. They've only scored one goal and let a hat fall in. On the other hand, the horse this afternoon 0 0 uh, in their opening game away to last season's champions Maasarakam, and a 0 0 at home, as you heard on my roving report against Ricey right Salah. But since then they've uh, banged the goals in, they're in form. I'm expecting lots of goals this afternoon and I do fear for the visitors it's wrong to predict what's going to happen. But if they're going to let goals in like that, Nacho and Rakshisimi United, they're in for bother. For a seemingly harmless free kicks just drifted in at the far post. The visitors with a big Middle Eastern guy in goal who I probably saw for Nonterbury City last season, looking at his stats, motionless. Somebody made a decoy at the near post, but still very stoppable. 1-0 after 10 minutes. <laughs> 2-0 Cesar to the big Brazilian, Danilo with the header at the back post. Marginally offside in our view, only by a few yards though. 2-0! <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Nearly half an hour gone. It should be 3 0, but how, oh, I don't know. Complete shambles in the defence. Shambles in the c attack. The keeper and fullback collided. The c player put it in, and then the flag went up for offside. It really is a shambles out there at the moment. And I have to say, the Middle Eastern-looking keeper is all at sea. Probably the Reds, say. 2-0. <laughs> 3 0 I hope you got a calculator back at the studio, Dill, cause it's as shambolic. The goal is wearing an Argentinian shirt and if he uses his hands half as much as Maradona he might have more luck. 3 0 39 minutes on the clock. <laughs> So as the teams go for their half-time oranges, it's 3-0, and now it's only 3, goodness knows. It's going to be a long second half ahead, one feels, for Nakhon Ratchisimi United. The big goalie with number 99 on his back, he looks as though he's consumed a few of those over the years. I fear for him in the second half. 3-0 half-time. There's nearly an hour gone here in Seasicket. A friend next to me has summed it up perfectly. It's so bad it's comical. It really is. The visitors have just given the ball away on the edge of their own box. Free chance and he's blasted it over the top. Big Danilo's gone off, puffing and panting. There's a footballer in that big guy, but he needs to get some timber off. Ironic for me to comment on that, but he's a pro footballer. It's fair to say this game's petering out. There's only 12 minutes to go. The number 99, who has been flaky to say the least, has actually saved his first shot 12 minutes from the end. Still 3 0. No. <laughs> So it's full time, and it's 3-0 at the end, and to be honest, that has done Nakon Ratchasima United a real favour. It was niggly in the second half, horrible to watch. The home side had done the work in the first half, second half, nothing to write home about. Good night from Cicacet, where it's 3-0 to Cicacet United.
1: And that sounds like you had a really good time at that game. Although we didn't get the, the goals you were promising us, though, in the second half.
2: I'll be honest, the game the second half was abysmal. They might as well have all gone home, saved ourselves some time.
1: Nakam
2: was shocking, absolutely shocking. But yeah, a great day out, met a new friend, had a great time. That's what it's all about. When you set off to T3, you know that you're not going to go and watch an El Clasico. So you've got to adapt accordingly. Make sure it's just a little part of your day.
1: Yeah, well, it sounds like you had a really good time, and it sounds like Marco had fun. Those were two Saturday games. These next reports we've got were from matches played on Sunday, and we had three people who all went to the same match. Now, you never get this on the BBC or on Sky Sports, but we don't follow the normal rules on this show, and we've got Clinton, who has provided a match report before, but he was joined by his friend Aiden, and it was Aiden's first T3 match, and straight after this game, he flew off to Hong Kong to watch a match there, so he's certainly getting about a bit, and the second one from the same game, which was Kasem Bundit against Inter Bangkok was from Steve, and it was absolutely fabulous, Steve sent in this wonderful report, I think it's the first time he's ever done anything like this, am I right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll play the two back-to-back now, so these are three three people reporting on the same match tied to podcast match, match report match.
4: Good afternoon, listeners, from Ghassan Bandit University near Minburi, where I'm joined by my Australian friend, Aiden, who's come along for his first ever Thai League 3 game. Today, the meeting is between Ghassan Bandit University, sitting second on the table in the Thai League 3 Bangkok region, meeting the fifth place into Bangkok. Aidan, what, what do you think so far? Nice Aiden. proper little ground, uh, lovely community vibe, looking forward to it. Indeed. So, we just picked up a couple of souvenir shirts outside, and 80 baht for a ticket. Very nice, uh, football specific stadium score predictions we have no idea Uh, I'll tell you what uh, the home team will keep up their winning streak and I'll say a 2-0 win I'm going 3-1 to the home team alright let's see what happens full time 1-1 here at Casemboondit University, I don't e- do not even know where to begin explaining that second half, Aidan. Maybe you could take us through it a little bit. Twenty shots, one goal. <laughs> <laughs> the the domination of the home team was remarkable, and the fact they didn't win is is robbery. I do not even know what Inter was trying to do in in the second half. They were playing out from the back, but then just launching it to the same side of the pitch. The ball was just coming back every time. The the home side, Kasim Bandit, had so many chances. They hit the bar, hit the post, cracking saves from the keeper, although some absolutely comical and shameful injuries, shall I say, from some of the inter players to uh, wind down the clock. And after the final whistle, one of the players running off in celebration, almost like a 4-0 win. Any final thoughts? Cracking entertainment for 80 baht. Couldn't ask for much more, except for a win for the home team. Yeah, good value out here at, at Kasem Bandit University. Highly recommend the stadium too. I don't think I've seen in Thai League three, all the lower divisions are, are more passionate and loud crowd It's really tightly uh, packed and close to the, the field. So the final score here, Kasem Bandit Uni- University one, into Bangkok one. Thai Tilted Well, we're
1: just about to get underway. Kasem Bandit are
0: playing in orange into Bangkok in green. Kassim Bandia kicking from left to right towards a car park and into Bangkok kicking towards the road. The referee just about to blow the whistle and we're going to get started. It's a very hot day here. <laughs> you believe it. Against the Lunaf clay, Enter Bangkok have taken the lead. A lovely run down the far wing. Cut across, nobody was marking the man in the middle, slotted it straight home. That is the first time, 16 minutes, they've been in Kasemunit's off. 1-0 to enter Bangkok against the run of play. <laughs> Well, my off time report is from the car park because they decided to play some very loud music. Some of the first half was very scrappy. Most of the possession was from Kasim Bundy, but they just didn't trouble the goalkeeper until the last five minutes. Uh, if anyone's going to score for Kasem it's going to be one of the African players. They're very good, very skillful. And the poor old Kasim Bundy has only took support three times. First time, picking came out of the goal. Second time, one that went over the fence. And the third time, pass back He's had nothing to do there's not been a lot of goal mouth action except for the last five minutes when Cass and it really pushed forward after the water break the coach was shouting at them and they sort of pulled the finger out well let's we'll see how the second half goes and I'd say there's a good crowd here today the wave hands are making a lot of noise and I'd say there's between 300 and 350 let's just hope the second half improves Five minutes second off. Kass and a are really having a go for it now. there a couple of fouls and two players have been booked for Kass in the last five minutes. It's getting a bit niggly. What a brilliant goal. I thought if anybody's going to score, it was going to be in. And that was a great goal. Kass and Bundit know they got to go for it. They win this and go to top of the league. Can you believe it? The same players just had one clear of the line. This is the resulting corner coming in now, into the area, following the goalkeeper. Get a lot more niggly as well. Three players booked in the last five minutes. and Bundy have been very unlucky not to score again. Had lots of chances. Hit the post, hit the bar, had a couple cleared up the line. They thoroughly deserve to win this, but I think we're heading for a draw unless something dramatic happens in the last few minutes. Winter added on time now. This could be their last chance. Last big kick maybe. It on ball? Was ball? on ball? I don't think so. I'd be very surprised if you got that. Oh, it's back into the area. Oh, he's offside. He's offside. That could be the last chance. <laughs> Well, what can I say about the day? it? I'm doing I got dropped off on the main road, walked through the campus. The only thing about if you do come here, there's no alcohol because it's not allowed to be served on a university campus. There's a lovely cafe far side in the first building. The second building, there's lots of food and it's all based at student prices and behind the stand, there's a shop called Lawson's. With snacks, sandwiches, toasties. Anything you want, you can get in there to eat. I would sum up the day with the saying there's the positive and the negatives. I've, I was surprised at the crowd. The grounds really improved. The negative, they really need to sort the tannoy system out. It was very bad. It surprised my ears didn't start bleeding. Lots of people around me were covering their ears. It's, it echoes, it's it's too loud. If you ever come down Rom Clow and you fancy a game at Castle Bundy, I would recommend it. 80 bar, friendly fans, and that's it from Castle Bundy. And I'm on my way home.
1: <laughs> so they were brilliant, weren't they? Really good. Really enjoyed those
2: and it's good because they're sort of tied in with what each other was saying only there was a little bit more detail about the stuff that was missing off the other one if you know what I mean it worked really well
1: that was that was really good to get all that wasn't it a good old, overall view of the game and I think Steve's after some sponsorship a nice little plug for Lawson's there so if anybody from Lawson's is listening just get in touch and we'll give you Steve's details and I'm sure he would be happy to plug you again but that's fantastic That's so thanks so much to Clinton Aidan and Steve for those wonderful reports and hopefully, Hopefully next time we'll get them to go to different
5: games.
1: (laughs) Now, one of the highlights of the show is your roving report, Rob. But on Sunday, you did what I've been calling a reclining report. Do you want to introduce it?
2: Yeah, I was uh, fiddling around on the laptop saying which game would be on, available on uh, social media. For those of you who don't know, a lot of the clubs have their own Facebook page and do streaming, so you can watch a game even if you're stuck at home. So what I decided to do, I tried to find the best game that I knew nobody else was going to, and I ended up watching Udon United against Seren Conchimol.
1: Rob's climbing report.
2: Good afternoon, lamb. viewing in from afar, I recognise the stadium on TV, it's the Udentani campus of the Thailand Sports University. Former home of Udantani FC and uh Oodan United have just gone one up after four minutes against Serena Kunchimol. I was undecided which games have you for a report. Fancied a bit of a car crash. Cunchimall was so bad the other week, and having seen that see me United last night, I wanted to compare and see how bad they really were. Anyway, one 0 to the team in yellow and black, five minutes gone. <laughs> Well it's been coming Dale, um, the Serene Country Mall goal taking a real pepper in the keeper pulling off a tremendous save a couple of minutes ago. We're in first half stoppage time and they've conceded a penalty. Udon incidentally if they win this game by three clear goals will go above Ceasek United and into second place. Country Mall still without a point. But they've not been bad, to be fair. They've given it a good go. Certainly more footballing ability than the uh, other strugglers from Nakon yesterday. <laughs> Solis D'Souza sends the keeper the wrong way. The referee tootles his whistle. The players head off. Half time 2 0 Udon United. <laughs> 3 0, the two done. 49 minutes on the clock. Big Salas again. He's a real menace, is the big fella. And this after country mall went clean through and somebody blasted it high over the bar. His teammate couldn't believe it, head in his hands. Gonna be a long afternoon for the boys in all white, one feels. 3 0, 50 minutes now on the clock. 4 0 in the 58th minute. Well, this will take Udon, second, if the score remains the same. And they do look good, and I have to say Conchimol's heads are starting to drop. Udon are continuing to thrust forward. Yesterday, Cicerke could have got a bag full, and goal difference might come back to make them later in the season. We'll have to see. 4-0, approaching the hour mark. 15 minutes to go at Udon. Salas bags a hat trick Big score They look a good side (laughs) Ah well done the boys in white They've grabbed one back They've given it a go Like they did uh, when I saw them at Rice East They do play till the end And in the right spirit 5-1 About 12 minutes to go of normal time It's 6-1 And Salas has got his 4th there's still seven minutes to go. Is he going off? I think I think he's going off as a sub, yeah. Letting a sub have a run. I don't blame him. He's done his work. Four goals in a day. 6-1, Oudon United. Good grief, it's raining goals in Oudon Town 7-1, four minutes to go. Oh, sir, in Cunchy Mulligan, going to have a long bus ride home tonight. So that's the end of that. 7 1 the full time score. They say the table doesn't lie, and Serene Kunchamal are obviously at the bottom of the table for a reason. But there's something about their Corinthian approach to playing that I quite admire, poor though they are. Hope that they stay up. They're a decent watch. Uh, as for Udon United, very strong. I feel that the two playoff places will be t- uh, between Udon United, Mar Sarakan and Cicicette United. So that rounds it off. 7-1, a home win.
1: Did you feel that you missed out by not going to the game, or was it nice to do something a bit different and record it from your front room
2: I'd go to a game every day of the week if I could but you know a bit limited up here I've done my game for the week it was nice to do something else yeah and and, and keep up with the scores at the other games at the same time probably easier in a way to report it that way but nothing beats being
1: there you were doing this concurrently weren't you you were sending me updates from the game you were watching on TV and you were sending me updates that Steve was sending in and you said it was just like being in the the grandstand studio.
2: It was, yeah, I even got, I even got brought a cup of tea at one point, so it felt really like it.
1: We'll try, we'll try and get some horse racing on next week. And or some, yeah. and some, re- some wrestling like they used to do on uh, world of sport.
2: If I push me up watching too many games, I'll be featuring in it.
1: No, I think we better not go into that, Rob. Probably best not. Okay. Moving on. We've now got our three entries for the, have you ever met a footballer in real life? First off, we've got Kevin Watkins. And this is Kevin's brush with fame. I met up with Nigel, the ex-Thai League football webmaster, and Matt Riley, author of This Parish. And we ended up in a bar with Rennie Dessery. Now, Rennie was the coach at Mung Tong for a long time. Matt had just helped Rennie get the manager's job at Chiang Mai. I remember him telling us a story about Chiang Mai's owner having a pet tiger wandering around in his backyard when they went up for the interview. Next up, we've got Gary Griffiths, a regular listener. And he says... I spotted Bury Ram United's Thai international goalkeeper, Siwarak Tesungnern, at KFC in Ram. It looked like the spicy wings he was buying were too hot to handle.
2: They certainly were there, yeah, a few days later when he was in goal against Chambury.
1: Oh, was this before that game? It was. That accounts for quite a lot then, doesn't it, I think? Yeah. And we'll finish up with Marco's weekly entry. And it's another goalkeeper story. I spotted the former Thailand number one, Kauin Tamsachanan, in the Warwick store opposite Super Chalisai Stadium. He was there to pick up a package of freebies. The shot stopper was quickly recognised by myself and others, and he patiently posed for photographs and signed autographs. That's good to hear. I've, I've, I've got a lot of time for Kauin, I must admit. He's a young man who's very committed. He went outside his comfort zone. He got to the top of his game, he, he tried himself abroad, and he he's always been grounded, I think. A, a really nice guy. I hope he's got a future in the game as well, now he's stopped playing.
2: That's no, nice to hear, isn't it, of good guys that can take time out. And
1: talking of which, our interview this week is with Jason Widd. So this is me and Jason. We had a chat last week. Lots of interesting stories about the early days of the Thai League. So welcome along, Jason. How are you?
5: I'm very well in sunny Dubai at the moment it's just about 45 degrees so it's a bit too hot but uh, hopefully cooling down in the next few weeks
1: Thanks very much for agreeing to do this I really appreciate it because you, you're someone obviously I have spoken to in the past but I've, I've always wanted to ask you a few questions about the, the early days of the Thai league really yeah. especially now as it's grown and it's it's kind of unrecognisable from those days
5: Yeah good far away
1: Okay so you, you first came over in the late 90s
5: <laughs> My dad was at the national team and when I came out in 98 to visit him really I just went for a holiday and got talking to one of the uh, the owners there it was a guy called Brian McCarr who was also heavily involved with the FA as well and he was just telling me about his team and you know conversation led to uh, being offered a contract which was a two-year contract and uh, at the time I was working for the English FA and the PFA in the UK I kind of took it with a bit of pinch of salt and anyway contract arrived on the door when I, w- I went back to England and I thought it was you know something I, I wanted to be a head coach I just thought well yeah I'll come over I'll do it for two years and no, I'll come back to the UK and Two years led to about uh, 15 years abroad, so it was, a, it was a good move in the end.
1: And you had quite a lot of success, didn't you, at Terrell, in those early years?
5: Yes, we did. I mean, my dad was doing quite well with the national team, so there was a lot of potential, really, with the players. I, I don't think they have done too well on the international stage. And uh, in all honesty, I probably struggled in the first three or four months. i come over with this sort of attitude of, you know, this is the way we do think, this is the way football's played in England, and this is the way I'll... You know, I'll, I'll sort of present it, and I didn't really adapt to the culture, and then I realised very quickly. You know, I need to adapt and adapt to the, the sort of the, the Thai mentality and the Thai culture, and it's something I sort of adapted with, you know, the British mentality and adapted with the, the Thai mentality, and it, it started to click there. The first year we missed out in the championship on goal difference, and the second season we we were flying really. I changed things around, I changed the uh, the formation, and we were flying. I think we lost one game all season in and done really. well well. So it's yeah, a very enjoyable period. with we some great players in that time as well. Can you name any
1: of the players you were working with?
5: Warrowood was our sort of captain. He was our leading, you know, he was leading the line. There's a lot of the a lot of those players have gone on to, to be coaches themselves now. But Warwood was my captain. We had Dusit, who's had a successful coaching career as well as a as a full back. Sassan was there. Um so yeah we had some we had some good international players. The remit was to win something and he hadn't done that and it was a bit of a blow missing out on the Championship in the first season, but as I said, we, we flew the second season, and um, and the club sort of kicked on from there. Really, you know, we with some good players, and there was a lot of them playing for my dad as well with the national team. So it was, we uh, were getting that sort of understanding of what we both wanted really, because we both just sort of had a very similar philosophy really. So it was, it was good for those players who played for myself and also the national team.
1: The Thai League at that time was very different to what it is now. What what were your first impressions when you came?
5: Good players. I just think the you know if I look at the quality of the players then and and compare it to now it's very much similar to be honest with you you know I, I think those players who, who played for me in the national team would still get in that in the national team and, and be playing with top top teams um, the only difference was is the infrastructure you know it was it was known as a, a, a sort of a Bangkok league as such but you know all of those players come from the whole of Thailand really we were saying at the time we you know you need to make this a national league you need to have that identity the identity of the teams that time was you know we had Bangkok Bank I mean I went on to work for Bangkok Bank but that was the team it was Bangkok Bank Football Club and we're saying it really needs an identity of a, an area like you know your Liverpools and your Manchester's and your Newcastles and they didn't have that ready at the time the idea was well we're the company we're putting the money in and we want the exposure you know to have that name as Bangkok Bank or BC Terro uh, sort of entertainment and you know we were sort of saying you, you need to localise it and, and put these teams in different areas and which they've done now you know I look I look at the, the league now and it was exactly what we were we were banging on about really so, um, this is the way it needs to be and you'll get local support in and um, it took a while but you know they've got there now and it's nice to see that it's a strong league is what it is now
1: It is and I think it's, it's always good to remind people you know just how far the Thai league has come in such a short space of time and what you were just saying then about you know you were saying this is how it should be and, and be far more representative as the country as a whole even though you were saying that. Did you ever envisage a time when that was could have been the reality?
5: It was difficult. I think we wanted it sort of tomorrow, and you know, I worked in Thailand a number of years. It doesn't always happen tomorrow, and it, sometimes you have to suggest the idea for them to come up with the idea to then put it in place. But you know, we wanted it to to happen quite quickly, and it didn't happen quite quickly. It's obviously, took a number of years. And I think you look at the, you know, sometimes the professionalism of of things at the time. It was we were coming in, and you know, you. you you, this is what time training is you, you need to be there sort of half an hour before and you know what that, the professionalism sometimes it just wasn't there really and it was uh, you know a, a good example of that is, is Dussett who um, you know he, he was a great player played for the national team played for myself and has gone on to coaching I mean I wouldn't see Dussett you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday you turn up on a Friday and I'd say to him sorry you're not playing on Saturday he's like well, well why coach I said well you know we're, we've done a lot of preparation Monday to Thursday you haven't been here he's like oh Right, okay, okay. So, you know, put him on the bench and he'd come on and he'd be sort of a, a game changer when he came on. But then the following week, he'd turn up on a Monday and I, I, I wouldn't see him Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. he turn up on Friday and say, I'm sorry, you're not playing on Saturday. He's like, Well, why? I turned up this week. I went, Well, yeah, you turned up for two days. So, is that, you know, trying to get that professionalism into some of the players was quite difficult. Um, so, it's nice again to see on that side of things that things have changed. You know, we were introducing things on the sports science thing. Side of things, and you know the, the players. It was it was it was difficult to get them to uh, to buy into it. You know now they're looking at you know on the, on the worldwide stage. That's what players are doing. So yep we need to be doing the same. So. You know, I'm glad things have changed on that side of things.
1: I think most clubs now are at that stage, aren't they, where they are very professional in their approach. Th- they are starting to look at stats and data and how players recover and diet and all these kind of things.
5: Yeah, I mean, it makes a huge difference now. I mean, it's um, it hasn't taken over the game, but it's uh, it's certainly something that you look at and if it adds value, then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it, really. And as I said, we were trying to sort of implement some of these things back in the day and it was difficult to get the buy-in. But once people see that... You yeah, you're getting some success from it, then you know it started changing the mindset a little bit. It was great to just come into a completely different environment. I think we were quite certainly British coaches. You know, we didn't travel. You know, it was you know we, we, we play football here, and it was sort of it was started here. We'll stay here type of thing, and it was just nice and it was refreshing to. To see football in a different way. It was great to see a different culture. I've been lucky to work in different countries in Singapore, Indonesia, and the Philippines. And it's just, it's lovely to, you know, to, to see those different cultures. But I think you, you've, you know, you're always coming in with that foreign mindset of this is the way, you know, my philosophy is. And it was built around that sort of British sort of style, but also adapting to the, the different cultures of the different countries I've worked in. you have to adapt all the time really so but you know I I really enjoyed the culture I miss Thailand you know I I get over there as much as possible there's always a a, a desire to to get back there Um, you know I'm constantly speaking to a few clubs and if the right project came up then you know I'd be quite interested in in going back there really
1: Ah that's good to hear because you did return with PTT didn't you in what was it 2014?
5: It was yeah and then I went down to Songkla they were struggling in the Premier League at the time I think it was 12 games and they were bottom of the league so I went down to Sontland and then I, I, I went to uh, Neckhampton, which was who we are in the Premier League now. At the time, we're in T two. So I had an enjoy, you know. I had an enjoyable time there as well. So um, yes, worked with a few clubs there. It would be nice
1: to see you back, Jason. Anyway, I, I can't let you go without asking about Niall Quinn when he he made his <laughs> his, his ca- little cameo appearance for Terrell. I think it was was it one game, fifteen
5: minutes. I wasn't there at the time. I, but to be fair, I was at the game, but I wasn't there. I was actually coaching. Him. A Bangkok bank at the time, and Brian. That's I was, you know, keeping touch with Brian, and he was saying, "We you know we've got this link up with Arsenal, which was it was good for the uh, the country to have that link up with the Premier League team." And he was, you know, he spoke to me about you know Niall coming in, and, and I was like, "Well, great, you know, it's great exposure." And I was actually at the game. I came on, and fair dues to him, you know, he himself in the deep end, but he played for a while, and um, he was uh, he was struggling a little bit with the heat, the humidity. I think, you know, as as we both know. I think it takes a little bit of time, certainly on the sporting side, to get used to that humidity and he just sort of threw himself in there. He must have lost so much weight through fluids. But um, no, I mean, fair deuce to, you know, he uh, he threw himself in there and, um, and, and and done quite well.
1: I think it's it's one of the great stories from the early days of Thai football for me, that and I think there's a film, there's a film script in there, isn't there?
5: Oh, Sure. Yeah. I mean I could I, you know, I can bore you endless with some of the some of the stories and the shenanigans that went on. I will give you a quick one. I remember my first game. Uh we were playing at Regiment Gala, which was the it was sort of doing it as a as a big opener. And um I'd done all my preparation, I'd got my team sorted, we'd done all the tactics and um it was about forty minutes before kickoff. Uh, I could see all the staff sort of frantically uh Threatened in the corner. I was like, well, what's going on? And he said, um, he said, Oh, Jatapong, we, we, we haven't registered him as a player. I was like, Are you kidding me? He's in the starting 11. I've done all this prep. You're telling me he's not being able to play. And I thought, Right, okay, don't get too stressed. So I had to say to the substitutes, I said, Right, okay, we, we haven't registered Jatabong. You, you, you're going to be in the starting 11. And, you know, went through a few of the tactics with him. And, uh, and the next minute, the door opened 10 minutes before kickoff. And he said, We're well, okay, we've registered now. He can play. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go back to the player and say, "I'm sorry, you're, you're back on the bench." And this player was nearly in tears, thinking he was going to, you know, he going to be playing. And Jatapong had already got changed; and walked out of the change room. Then we had to find him to say, "By the way, you need to get changed." <laughs> and start the eleven with register. And I thought. My God, that was my first game, and we we were playing the champions of the year previous. And I'm thinking, what bloody hell, this is terrible (laughs) preparation to to start the game. And and we won the game two one, but it uh, yeah it was. It was a bit frantic, and I just I remember going home that night thinking, how I, I unprofessional is this? And then I just had to laugh, and I thought, hang on a minute, we've, we've just won the game, so it, it didn't really matter after all. Did it? But yeah, I mean, I could probably write a book on some of the shenanigans that went on.
1: Yeah, well, That's that's lovely. It's a great story. And like you say, I, there must be hundreds more like that. Just before we finish, how closely do you follow the Thai league now, if at all?
5: No, I follow it. I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't see much of the action. I, I get a lot of the action on sort of uh, on YouTube. YouTube and twitter and on facebook and things so i you know i keep abreast of what's sort of going on i went to watch the national team they played here in the uae a few months ago so i went over to watch that so yeah i um i, I keep in touch with it so yeah watching watching from afar but keeping in touch
1: that's great thank you very much it's been really All enjoyable right. thank you jason
5: brilliant okay thanks Dale.
2: well that was fantastic yeah and, and a real eye-opener like Jason says, you could probably write a book on some of that those uh, shenanigans that went on back in the day. And very important sometimes when people are moaning now about the state of Thai football to remember.
1: I mean, again, you know, this is something we've said, isn't it, in, in previous episodes, is that... It is easy to forget how far the the games come in the in this country in the past fifteen years, but it's it's unrecognisable from when Jason was was involved back in the late nineties, early two thousands. But yeah, fascinating interview. We we could have chatted for much much longer, but he has said he'll come on again, so we'll we'll get some more stories when he's when he's next on.
2: That'd be great, yeah.
0: Hello, I'm Steve Darby, ex-coach of Thailand, and you're listening to the new Thai Football Podcast.
1: Okay, and something a little bit different this week. It's been a while since you've done one of your reviews, so would you like to introduce Rob's Review?
2: It came to me the other week while I was out cycling in the countryside, how we can help people to get to games and everything. Here we go, my review of an app called Footbology.
1: Rob's
3: Review
2: or me reviewing apps, whatever next, that make people laugh from about 25 years ago. But it says everything about the app that I'm going to review, Footballogy, which is spelled F-U-T-B-O-L-O-G-Y, they got me hooked. formerly known as Ground Upper app, it was suggested to me by a friend, while ironically I was stranded in Dusseldorf, having lost my passport on a ground-upping holiday of my own. The app has got many purposes. It allows users to find the nearest games to them within 300km, and has a picture and map of the venue to assist them to find it, and judge whether it's worth going to. All tie, cup and league games right down to T3 are included. Once you arrive at a game, you check in on the app, which is then served in your stats, while seeing which other users are at the game, which can be useful to meet up with others, or alternatively to avoid certain people. If the ground or fixture isn't there that you're attending, you can request that they add the venue using the map on the app and filling in the simple online form for the admin to add the details so others can then go and use it and tick in. Uh, You can add the names of the teams if they're not on the database already, along with any score of the game and any additional notes. Thousands of matches and results from around the world are already on the database. So you can add all your previous games and then you have a record of them which can be immediately accessed as well as all the venues that you've visited. Ideal for those who uh, like to have all the stats at, at the fingertips and recall previous games at the Binter. You get awarded badges for completion of leagues and uh, attendance of certain tournaments or special games. The app is available through the Apple or Google Stores. There's an intro on YouTube for those who aren't sure about it and want to have a look before they buy it. I highly recommend it. The yearly fee for the premium app is 289 baht or alternatively cheap Charlie's can have it for 29 baht a month. Give it a go. Ideal for finding where the football is and great for keeping all your records in one place on your phone. Footballogy.
1: And I know there's quite a few people who use that already. Hopefully, we'll get a few more now. If if you do want more information on how to get the app, you can drop us a line and we'll let you know. It's a very simple process. As Rob said, there is a, a tutorial on YouTube as well. And it, it is very good, isn't it? Especially for avoiding people at games, Rob.
2: People can use it to avoid me, obviously. But yeah, it, it, it's great. I've got a log there of every game I've been to. Which is fantastic. You know, sometimes when you're in the bar and you're discussing games and you're well, when was that? or what was what happened? What was the score? And you've got it all there on your
1: phone. Yeah, it's it's a great resource and very highly recommended. Sign up for that if you can and get to games, log all the matches you go to, and then you can when you next bump into Robert, a T three game, you can you can chat about stadiums you've visited or games you've seen together.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm all for that. If you
1: bring a beer with you, even
2: more so. Hi, I'm Sabina. I'm listening to a Thai football podcast.
1: So to close tonight, we've got another couple of listeners' questions. We've only got time for two this week, because I think we're both very tired, aren't we, Rob, for different reasons. I've travelled halfway around the planet, and you've been up since the early hours of this morning.
2: Yeah, mine's slightly easier, I have to say, Dale, but yeah.
1: Okay, so our two listeners' questions this week. The first one is from Graham Watson, and Graham says... What do you think is the best way to keep your cargo cold on the journey to an away game?
2: Fancy one of those lads from Terro asking a question like that. And it's quite up, Graham, because I'm enjoying the Leo at the moment. My suggestion is your belly. Get it drunk.
1: Well, you'd think they'd know, wouldn't you? I'm I'm surprised Graham has to ask that question. But we we always used to take one of those big eskies whenever I used to go on the the fan club bus to Chombri away games. And you hinted at this, Rob. To be honest, the beer didn't stay in there very long. It was very quickly drunk. It wasn't in there long enough to keep cold. Anyway, Graham, I'm sure you could probably send in your own suggestions, what you guys do when you go to away games.
2: I'd rather not
1: know. Right, okay. Scratch that, Graham. Never contact us ever again. To finish the show today, we've got one final question. This is from Samuel Thorley, who was a guest a couple of weeks ago. He says, how has football in Thailand changed over the years? Has the playing style changed? Has it improved or got worse?
2: You're the expert on this one, Dale. To me, as we just mentioned uh, at the end of Jason's interview, they set up and the administration's probably better now. Playing style, I'm not so sure. I must be honest, I don't really go for that, I go for the day out.
1: The major changes we've already talked about, you know, it has become more organised, there's a lot more structure, it's a lot more professional, there's a lot more interest, there's a lot more information available, not just in Thai, but in English and French and German. So all that's changed. For the playing side of things, I think things have improved, players seem a lot fitter. They're obviously looking after themselves better and being looked after better. We won't go into the national team shenanigans at this point, I don't think. But certainly the clubs are looking after the players better. Their approach is so much more professional. Playing style, again, this is something that gets talked about a lot. You know, the the climate obviously has a lot to do with how teams play. You know, it's a lot slower. There's a lot of skill on show. That's always been the case. I think the Thai players, you know, are very skillful. And a lot of the foreigners that are coming in now are better than the ones we had 15, 20 years ago. There's no doubt about that. So I think overall it has improved. Definitely. I mean, it's it's far from being perfect, but it, it is better. So to answer your question, Samuel, I think it's it's got better. It's got more professional and more entertaining.
2: It's a really difficult one, isn't it? It's like the one that gets thrown at us quite regularly about how would you compare it to leagues back home. And as you quite rightly say, the conditions, the weather, you know, the different styles, it's so difficult.
1: it it is and that that comparison is something that's been discussed for years anyway that's it that's a wrap on episode 17 so huge thank you to everyone who's taken the time to send in reports questions stories and it's so good as rob said earlier to have different people contributing covering different clubs keep sending stuff in any suggestions as well we're open to anything
2: Anyway, from me, have a great week wherever you are. Get back and watch your games. Enjoy yourselves and send us some stuff in.
1: That's it. Have a great week. Bye.